Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, so I've got another great guest for you today. Predictable, right? I spoke to Grammy-nominated jazz saxophonist? Saxophonist? How do we say that word? Let's say saxophonist. I spoke to Grammy-nominated jazz saxophonist Marcus Strickland about his spark, John Coltrane's legendary album, A Love Supreme. Marcus was a perfect guest. Perfect. He was super engaged with his chosen subject matter. Uh, I'm not naming any names, but that is not always the case with Spark Parade guests, and it makes for a very uncomfortable and kind of boring discussion. So what I'm saying is this was the opposite of that. He's also really warm, incredibly smart, and speaking with him was a real joy. So let's have a listen, shall we? Uh, but first, quick Marcus facts. Marcus Strickland is a jazz soprano, alto, and tenor saxophonist who grew up in Miami, Florida. Downbeat Magazine's critics poll named him Rising Star on Tenor Saxophone in 2010 and Rising Star on Soprano Saxophone in 2008. Jazz Times Magazine's Reader's Poll named him Best New Artist in 2006, and he placed third in the 2002 Theolonius Monk International Jazz Saxophone Competition. His band and concept project Twilife deals with the connection and intersection between jazz and soul and hip-hop. Strickland becomes beatmaker, composer, as well as saxophonist on these projects. Strickland's latest album, The Universe's Wildest Dream, was released on January 13th, the ambitious Afrofuturistic album is a celebration of life on planet Earth and an urgent call for humans to focus on climate change. Quick A Love Supreme facts. A Love Supreme is an album by American jazz saxophonist John Coltrane. He recorded it in one session on December 9, 1964, leading a quartet featuring pianist McCory Tyner, bassist Jimmy Garrison, and drummer Elvin Jones. A Love Supreme is a through-composed suite in four parts, Acknowledgement, which includes an oral chant that gives the album its name, Resolution, Pursuance, and Psalm. Coltrane plays tenor saxophone on all parts. A Love Supreme is one of Coltrane's best-selling albums, and it is widely considered his masterpiece. And there you have it. Let's get down to business. Here comes my chat with Marcus Strickland about A Love Supreme. So the, the jumping off point for these uh, chats is always just kind of your origin story with, uh, with the, the piece. Do you remember getting turned on to A Love Supreme or hearing about it for the first time? I know this is, it's like, 
one of the most famous jazz compositions in history. So it's, you know, maybe difficult to, to kind of pin that down. But um, yeah, do, do you have any memories of that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely have several memories. Uh, it's, it's one of those pieces that is so, it's, it's such a, a, a significant piece that it means m- much different things to you uh, at different points in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I guess it's meant to be that way because uh, such a, such a profound piece of art, it's going to mean, it, it has to mean something different to, to someone as they grow up uh, with it in, in their, uh, in their environment. And so uh, I think the first thing that I responded to was hearing the chant, a love supreme, a love supreme. A love supreme is just like it's it's almost haunting, you know. Uh, I never heard a saxophonist chant like that before, and uh, having that integrated with uh, what I knew him for, it created this uh, excitement in me. I was like, man, this is there's something special going on here. It feels much different than what I've uh, encountered from him before, and that that was my first impression of him. I was probably maybe 12 years old <laughs> when I heard that. Um, it might have not been the first time because my dad used to play music into the womb. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if uh, he played that while we were in the womb. I, I'm, I'm talking about me and my brother when I say we, <laughs> me and my twin brother. But um, yeah, uh, I think maybe the next time that I, that I really uh, intensively listened to it was probably uh, while I was in high school. And I think I think at that point uh, I realized uh, a few other things that weren't as surface, you know, like the the timbre of the voice, the um, the spirituality of it, you know, that's immediate. But uh, I think by the time I I had a few years of trying to play this this music, I think I realized by the time I was a teenager that he was he was basically taking on the role of a of a preacher. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like uh, the, the type of preacher he was being was one that is uh, very universal, one that's not really bound to any specific uh, religion, but um, is definitely in pursuit of divinity. You know, like the voice really started speaking to me. His voice uh, through the instrument let me know that there's something more than the instrument, you know, uh, and that's what Coltrane was getting to. Uh, and that's what made him so special. And uh, I think now, nowadays, I purely just see the music as medicine. I see that record as medicine. Like when, if I'm having a hard time before I want to concentrate on something or if I'm just simply uh, in a meditative state, that music is perfect for that occasion. You know, so I, I, I yeah, I, I definitely just see it as something that was put here to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And that really direct connection between the artist's intention and the way that audiences receive it is, you know, it's not something that is like completely impossible in other art forms, but I think it's very unique to have this really direct link. And, you know, there's like a church that is based on this piece of music in particular, but on, on uh, Coltrane's music more generally. And I think it's because 
people understand that his intention with this was to draw a, a greater connection between music and, um, you know, the power that it has spiritually, as you said, and, and just as a way to connect people to uh, something bigger than themselves. And that really comes through. Yeah, it, re it really does, man. And uh, every person that I've introduced this piece to, because, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll encounter somebody who doesn't um, totally comprehend what it is that I do or what what my intentions are as a musician. And they want to learn like they, they, they may be curious. Uh, whenever I introduce this piece to them, they all have the same reaction, which is it, it, it's like they it's almost like what they needed all this time finally arrived <laughs> like it's kind of that that state of euphoria and uh it, it, and i look at the the look on their face and i'm just like yeah <laughs> that's why that's why you always hear about them that's why that's the first name that comes out of my mouth when you say who who's your favorite who's your, you know who's the most important who's the baddest dude <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's why yeah and uh i i actually get sick of how much I refer to this piece sometimes, but it's like, duh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that's another thing, that reaction, playing this music for people and having them, uh, their reaction, the way that they hear and appreciate it match the intention without even necessarily knowing uh, what uh, he was writing about shows you again that the power of of the music on its own that it's it's uh you know causing this kind of chemical reaction this thing that's just like out of people's control um and uh infusing that feeling into the music uh is is such a you know it's it shows that this is somebody who's a master of his craft and really was unparalleled in in terms of what he could do with his music indeed yeah um indeed also, I think just talking more broadly about jazz as an art form, there's something about that. There's something unique about jazz music that as a form of expression that allows musicians a, a little uh, more freedom, at least in live performance. You know, if you think about pop music, if you think about contemporary music where people have a very strict definition of what they want from a particular song and if you go to see you know beyonce in concert and she's doing this freeform interpretation of crazy in love people are not gonna respond to it in in uh exactly you know, there may be some fans who are like oh this is cool this is something different but people want to hear what they hear. <laughs> right they want to hear what they hear on the radio <laughs> And, yeah. you know, with jazz, it's almost the opposite. People expect improvisation and evolution of the music as it's being played. And this album, to me, really captures that sound. You know, it was a group of musicians who there's there's the the tightness and the looseness where it's like people who know each other inside and out, trust each other, have been playing together for, for so long, but also have the freedom to kind of uh, bounce off of each other and, and um, express themselves as they see fit. But still having that structure, that Coltrane, you know, the backbone, he knew what he wanted. He, you, can, you can see his notes. You can see that he had these ideas of the particular movements and, and how he wanted the, the music to, to happen. So those like two opposing forces of this enormous amount of freedom, but also having a really clear point of view 
um, is, yeah, just incredible. We are going to take a teeny tiny microscopic break, and then we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Yeah, what's very touching was uh, when I saw when I saw this film about Coltrane. Uh, it was pretty fairly recent, uh, a few years ago. I can't remember the name of it though. But um, they they actually talk about uh, the process that he went through writing this uh, this so uh, important piece of music um, and how he. Uh, he went upstairs in his in his house and just stayed there. Like his wife, his wife Alice would bring the food to him, uh, make sure he was all right, check in uh, every now and then. But he was there, giving his all for uh, a significant amount of time. I don't know if it was days, I don't know if it was a week or weeks, <laughs> but it was a significant amount of time that he really devoted towards. Uh, writing this piece of music. And um, the thing that I feel that I want to convey to, to those that, that look up to me or, or, or coming to me with questions, the thing that I want to convey the most, uh, cause I'm, I'm a professor, you know, I, I encounter those likes, um, many times is that the music, even though he worked so tirelessly on it, even though he concentrated on it so, so deeply, it is still the most simple music I've ever heard. It's not, it's not overly complicated. There's not all these different time signatures and everything and going through uh, an incredibly uh, grotesque amount of keys or anything like that. It's the thing is, uh, all the movements are very, very simple. The melodies are easily absorbed and and the playing is absolutely genuine. So, you know, I I, I like to convey that because I, I feel a lot of people are, uh, especially in this idiom jazz, I feel that they're trying to prove themselves through their music and you can hear it when somebody's trying to do that. Uh, I feel that with Coltrane, it, it was like he just wanted to to be uh, to be used, to be the vessel, uh, for, um, a higher message. Uh, now not everybody has to do that, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's, um, uh, it, 
you know, when when the intention is not to prove, when it's simply to to represent something or to to actually just uh, let something pass through, um, I feel that it's much easier to connect with people on that level rather than uh, trying to write the concept into the music. You know, like you write the music as something that uh, you can use to express what, what's inside and what's inside. That's the concept rather than what you wrote on the paper. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the two sides of that coin again, then it's like this, this man who was a scholar, somebody who was dedicated to music so much, that, you know, like you were saying, there are all of these crazy stories about, you know, him playing one note over and over again for hours to try and like master that sound or, you know, falling asleep with the sax in his mouth because he's been playing all day and just like, <laughs> it's, it just never wants to stop. So that dedication, somebody who knows is like a master of his craft, knows all of the ins and outs of the music that he wants to play so well, but doesn't want to, it's not about showing off and saying, look what I can do or um, trying to be as complicated as possible because he's capable of that. It's saying there is this core message of this universal spirituality, this connectedness, the, the thing that, you know, um, binds the whole world, the whole universe together, taking that enormous concept and distilling it into something that moves people and has this kind of, uh, uh, you know, unifying effect, the same thing, you know, we were talking about before that people who hear it for the first time are just like instantly in it and understand it. Um, so again, to have these really complex concepts, to have this really in-depth complex understanding of music and to be able to turn it into something that everybody can appreciate again, just like a master of, of his craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's just something that I, I feel, it, you know, when, when, when something is as genuine as possible carried out in the most pure form, I feel that there's, there's like almost in, um, it's almost, uh, undeniable the, the impact that it's going to have on the world. It might not happen immediately and it didn't happen for him immediately. You know, most of it happened after he passed. Um, so it's it's important not to romantic romanticize that part of it, but um, it's like if you make something so pure, so uh, genuine, it's like a, of course, of course, that's going to touch a lot of people um, in a very very uh, profound way. So um, yeah, I, I always kind of look at it as you know, this is the epitome of uh, of of what an artist can do, um, no matter what medium. You know, uh, although I have a little bias towards music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, I don't know if this is true or if this is just a, just a rumor, but this idea that when uh, in, in the sessions, when they were recording this album, that they had the lights dimmed to kind of uh, evoke the atmosphere of a club or a, a jazz venue to make it feel how it felt when they were playing live in front of an audience. Um, and that feeling as well, making you uh, feel like you're there, like you're a part of it. When you listen to this, um, I think 
I, I feel like that's a, something that's unique to jazz as a whole, but with this album in particular, it does feel intimate. It feels like, you know, you're, you're very close to the music in a way that's really affecting. It's really moving. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, 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 there's, there's certain, yeah, there, there's a lot of, a lot of that type of process is something that I, I learned from, you know, like, uh, the first track on my, on my record prayer, I, I knew that I had to record exactly how I felt at that moment in time. It was in maybe, I think in October of 2020, the pandemic had hit. We had been locked down for months and months. The whole world kind of paused in a, in a way that it never really did before. Maybe, you know, when yellow fever came around, it was similar to that. But uh, a lot of people that I spoke to, elderly people who have been through a lot, they, they said they've never seen something like this. And, you know, just going through it and trying to figure out what to do next, relying on meditation for the first time in my life and realizing the benefits of it seeing actually seeing people who have time to to actually understand the problems of others and 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 actually fight for those those problems that was a very remarkable uh moment in time so i didn't want to lose that there's no you can't you can't re reproduce that that feeling so i made sure that i recorded how i felt and that was that was that's what became that the first track of this record uh, prayer. Um, I recorded it, made sure that everything was preserved exactly how how I did it, and made sure that I you know used it for the record. And you know that that kind of preservation and and also uh, honesty with the music, I feel that's that's something that I really gained from Coltrane. You know, it felt like he was truly in the moment when he played. Uh, whether in the studio, whether live, uh, even in interviews, when he was, when he was answering questions, you know, people are constantly prodding him to think about very earthly things. And the, <laughs> the only thing he can think about is energy, universe and what's pure. Um, and he just stays on that track, you know, no matter what the interviewer is trying to like, what do you think about race? What do you think about this? What do you think? He's just like, I don't know anything about that. You know, like he has that kind of, that's the kind of demeanor that he, I don't know anything about that. All I know is that, you know, I'm just trying to do good in this world. And I think everybody should do the same. <laughs> it's just like, just keeps, it keeps his eye on the prize. And, um, you know, so like uh, a lot of that uh, has been absorbed by me. And I, I, I try my best to, to get towards that. I know I'm, I'll never get, get quite towards there, but that's, it's good to have that goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also just, you know, thinking about the pandemic, that it's like obviously living through this unprecedented moment, something that please, hopefully none of us will have to live through again <laughs> yeah. in our lifetimes. But uh, thinking about the way that Coltrane looked at things, that it was like each moment had that kind of uh, every moment that he was living through was something that he was absorbing fully. Um and like you said, you know, it comes through in the music and, and you can really feel it. Um, this has been incredible. I, uh, I really appreciate oh, you making no time problem. for me. Um, this, this, yeah, really, really Dope, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That was really fantastic, wasn't it? 
Thanks again to Marcus for making time for me. His new album, The Universe's Wildest Dream, is out right now. And that's about it for this week. Uh, it's going to be a minute before the next episode comes out. I know, I know, I've only just come back from break and now I'm taking another one, but it's for good reason. I promise. Lots of exciting stuff to come very soon. In the meantime, be good to yourself and to everyone around you. And until next time, bye-bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.